What up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop with the Franchise and Biku. It's the podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host, the Franchise, and of course, my co-host, the brother with the same mother, Biko. What's up, guys? Um, we're going to let you know this podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make and create and edit a podcast. Make sure to listen to the dynamic ad at the beginning of this episode. Now, for ado, before we get to a topic at hand, which is pretty much the top five Xbox exclusive games based on my experience and Biko's experience, so pretty much um, it took us a while to get through it, just going through. For me, I only played Xbox and Xbox 360, so I didn't jump into the Xbox One. I pretty much jumped to PS4, so... So, like I said, I tried pretty much on my list. I pretty much games that either I played, you know, demos or somehow played it in the past. So, that's why they're going to be on my list. Um, Beacon will chime in on any of his picks or give an opinion on certain titles if he agrees or disagrees. Um, before we get to the topic at hand, I do want to do some quick pop culture news um, real quick. Um, if you got Hulu, um, if it was um, released today, that the movie Parasite. Is now available to stream on Hulu. So uh, me and Beagle had the opportunity to go see that in theaters uh, a few months back. Uh, and I could see why it won the Oscar. It was a great film. So it was really good. Um, definitely check that out right now. It is streaming exclusively on Hulu. Um, I did end up seeing Onward. I saw that last night. Uh, I guess on Disney Plus right now. So I enjoyed the movie. Um, definitely it's a good family film as well. Um, pretty much, um, right now in the world, comic books right now, everything's getting delayed. Um, Diamond distributors are pretty much holding off on orders right now. So a lot of comic book stores are not going to get their orders. So a lot of, so now publishers are now putting a lot of their titles on hold. Um, IDW just announced, uh, Ninja Turtles is going to be delayed. It's going to go a hiatus after issue 105. Sonic the Hedgehog is going to go delayed after... In May, um, even in manga as well, like a lot of like Kondashian Comics, who are big manga publishers in Japan, have announced that right now they're going to be delays under print media as well. And then recently, um, Shonen Jump Magazine announced that their weekly issue is being delayed due to one of their staff has been diagnosed with COVID-19. Mm. So, it's affecting the pretty much the literary world as well. Um... I'm just going through comicbook.com right now. See what's the biggest new thing besides Tiger King. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it's still being talked because I know Netflix so yeah, now it's... Um, if you haven't watched Community on Netflix, I suggest you fucking do it already. Because it's already on there. No excuse. I'm not saying you couldn't watch on Hulu, but now you can watch it without having to deal with endless ads. If you don't have that on Hulu, then whatever. But other than that, it's Community. And if we don't get the movie, at least you can binge through the whole thing. Yeah, so yeah, you have two choices. Uh, yeah, and uh, check that out definitely. Um, pretty much. Um, also, like announced that PlayStation, like Sony, just released the first look at the PS5 DualSense controller. Um, they just released it like the news yesterday. It looks kind of sleek, you know. It's more slimline. It kind of looks more like a little bit of the Xbox controller, but a little more slimmer. But it still has you know. Um, it's still familiar. It is apparently they do confirm that there is going to be a headphone jack, so you can still plug in a headset, a wired headset. Um, they're calling it the Dual Sense. So pretty much, it's a two-color design. You are going to show according to this article. Brand new features. One of these features is a mic that could save many PlayStation gamers a lot of money. However, it's featured that many PlayStation gamers were worried that the new console will have. 
was via headphone jack. So it looks like the PS4, the controller itself, will have a built-in mic. So, you don't have to worry about, you know, pretty much getting a headset. You can pretty much get plug-in headphones. Which is kind of cool. Kind of saves you some money if you just have headphones and just plug them back in. So that it looks like it has a built-in a built-in mic. So that's kind of cool. So, right now for PS5, I'm pretty much going to hold off on that. I'm not pretty much going to be... I'm going to wait till all the glitches and everything. Well, there's going to be a lot of people holding off on it because it's not doing so hot. Because of this stuff and other developmental errors, they they might not even going to... They might not even... Don't don't quote me on this because I haven't dug deep too, too deep on it. It's just I've seen a lot of YouTubers talk about this. Um, if you don't follow him, um, Review Tech USA is a, a pretty big, decent YouTuber who does review, keep up to date with stuff like that, like video game news, tech news, stuff like that. And he talked about PS5, and there was like a a leak within the development teams on some of their stuff for the console that they're. There's some working errors within their... I, I, I guess you can call it a working prototype at this point until they officially release it. That they were having some sort of issues that weren't even running standard to what the competitors, uh, aka Xbox, what their reveal of whatever their stuff is right now, wasn't even up to their standard yet. As far as working, to even remain competitive. In the sense that, like, if... If you're going against Coke and you're trying to make the next best soda to take some of its market value, but you've been... Like, if you're Pepsi doing this shit, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think Mexican Coke kind of helped with them in the sense that, like, you know, it brought another, I guess, another stream of revenue for them in the sense that they have a... It's the same recipe, just not using high fructose corn syrup and using sugar. In Mexico, which they were doing for centuries. It's been natural. Years. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, when it comes to the PS5... It's kind of sad to see that Sony being somewhat of a... I mean, I'm not, not saying that they haven't been combated over these past 20 years. But, like, Sony seemed to be, in my sense, and I think in a lot of other uh, gaming uh, communities, that PS5 has always been seen as above Xbox. When it came to certain things, they're both very good systems. They both are. They both... Like the for what you're, whatever you're looking for, you can get on both. And then when it comes to specifics, that's when we have to divvy up, and that's when I like tend to lean PS, PS, the PlayStation being a little better. Mm-hmm. Like competitive wise, Microsoft has always been on the competitive side of things a lot better in the realm of game competitive gaming. But now that we see the uprise of PC gaming, and and obviously as unfortunate as the Corona is affecting us. Considering that ESPN is taking the time to stream esports on the weekend and stuff, might be a very minimal. Yeah, because it helps. Yeah, because I think was it like NASCAR right NBA now? NBA players are playing two K like. And right now, like that? yeah, the, yeah, like I think was it like the Phoenix Suns were doing it on Twitch. Like mm-hmm. if you go on their Twitch channel, they're actually playing the games that we're supposed to be playing. Um, same thing with NASCAR. NASCAR's using the iRacing game app, and a lot of their racers are actually like. They got their own rigs, so they actually, they're playing, but it's like, they got their own, like, you know, steering wheels and everything, like, the computer side, like, computer style steering wheels, the gaming wheels, and everything to the point that even they're, they're strong on Fox Sports 1, even having commentary on it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, right now with the whole, like I said, with COVID-19, it's kind of, you know, it does put a hanker because, of like, right now, like, Sony Interactive Entertainment, that, <coughs> excuse me, it's... And Sony Interactive Entertainment announced that um, 
Iron Man VR and The Last of Us Part 2 have been delayed indefinitely. So they're no longer able to pre-purchase, like, you know, pre-order on the, on the PlayStation Store. They took it off. <clears throat> because there's no, like, release date for it. Because right now, uh, it's been delayed. And, of course, you know, I played The Last of Us. You know, it was a really good game. And, of course, you know... With the PlayStation VR, you know, Sony's trying their best to push that VR system, especially with the, when they showed that first demo for Iron Man VR. It was cool because you're freaking Tony Stark. You get to interact like that as Tony Stark, as Iron Man, and face it first person view. But but right now, with, like I said, with COVID-19, a lot of workers have to work from home. So they, they don't have time to be in the office and work. So it's kind of hard where a lot of workers are working like remotely. Yeah. It, it and is. if they don't have the assets, they can work at home. I mean, I'm dealing with it. No, I'm not. I'm not immensely dealing with it because not everything, apart at least what I'm doing, is not affected. But there are things that are like we're starting to see this. You know, different trends changing in, in how businesses have to. You know, how they conduct and remain productive under these times. They might have to change how they do things. And frankly, I, it's it it sucks that we have to use a virus to. For them to change how certain things are conducted, but honestly, we should have been doing this years ago, since we have so many modern technological technological advance advances and innovations. We st- it's so weird that we're still conducting business very traditionally in certain aspects. Like I know some certain industries should run in different ways, but with all this technology that that humans are producing, what's the fucking point if we're not going ahead of the curve and changing and implementing? faster, more productive, and collaborative ways of conducting business using the technology that is being made. Like, I'm seeing it now. I know we still need a human interaction, but not saying every... Like, if you're working in a regular corporate office, not every... If not everyone has to be at the office five days of the week, why not try to implement, you know, a three days on, two days off, like, from home kind of deal, or... Because, yeah, I mean... There's a lot of corporations that are still working places that are still, like, putting pressure on people working from home because they're thinking they don't have to go anywhere so they can work from home and they're getting paid their salary or if they got paid to take a pay cut, you never know. But at the end of the day, it's like, if the thing that you were worried about was product productivity being an issue, but now that we're all relegated to staying at home, if the only thing you can be is productive to get your mind off things... This, when it, this doesn't seem to be an issue and if some people want to work to get their mind off things and want to feel like they're earning their money why not let them do that mm-hmm. and especially if like you're cutting away certain distractions that you can find in the workplace coming into here so like I'm seeing the advantages I have and the disadvantages I have with my own learning style but like with people who do their job who have been at their place or their level whatever position they've been doing for years and they're still, you know, valuable to a certain company, and they can do their job well from the inside of the office just as well as they do at home. What's what are they doing? Like you're just wasting time at that point because yeah. that person is still getting a salary. Commute times are cut being at home, so they're they're advantages. And if those corporations don't want to see that, I think they're just going to be left to the, to the curve. Mm-hmm. Um, I know retail is not going to be done. Like it's still going to be a hybrid. Like. It's just that hybridization is going to be taken faster now that we are, you know, companies have to see that they're going to have to shift gears. Like Nordstrom and all these bigger ones, they're going to fucking, they've been doing that. They were innovating way before um, Macy's, all their online channels. So like all the people that weren't doing that 
are are gonna fucking be left behind at this point if they are doing that already. So like, I mean, who knows? So like this, I know this doesn't pertain to video games, but it definitely does because retailers, especially ones that sell games, and looking at you, GameStop, they they might not even make it past this shit. And frankly, I don't care. I think GameStop should be gone because they're just bad business practices and they're just not a good company. I mean, so, even like, if Reggie feels Army, who pretty much was the former president of Nintendo. He's now part of board. Problem is with him is he's gonna have to like go deep and like clean up everything and clean up everything because that's it's gonna take time. I don't think it's something that I mean it's gonna take like you know miracle overnight. I mean it's gonna take time and it's like I said it's it gets you thinking right now. I mean it's fucking weird. Yeah, and then right now I'm just looking at this article right now. Um, um, if two if you watch wrestling this past weekend. WrestleMania um, 36 was shown you last weekend. That? Yeah, I want to talk about that a little before we dive in. It, yeah, it's interesting. Before we dive in into the video game part of it, and the part, well, we'll save for like the second part of the episode. Um, pretty much, um, WrestleMania 36 was streamed. Oh, they did it to two nights. So what they did, of course, um, WD announced they were pre-taping everything before you know the shutdown, stay home order was established in Florida. Um, so what was cool about it is it was not bad, but you know it doesn't. I mean. I'm not discrediting the performers at all because they did the best, you know, there's no fan interaction. So, I mean, but, I mean, they stepped up their game as much as they can. I mean, the matches were enjoyable. Um, yeah, they pretty much the Goldberg and Braun was more of a squash match. Uh, what kind of saved, the saving grace of night one was the Boneyard match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. Because that was, to me, the way they did it, they did it almost like a cinematic style match. That um, was more like a cinematic thing, almost like a movie Type of thing, and I rewatched that match again, and I it's really good. I mean, it, it felt like a movie production. Um, they filmed it at a location in Florida. You know, they didn't disclose. I was reading all the stuff you had in the background of it, how it took like eight hours to shoot and stuff because you know they filmed that night. So just Jesus. and then, um, like I said, it was really good to the point. Arthur came back as biker taker, so he had like the vest and everything, and had band. He was coming down to Metallica, so that was kind of cool riding a motorcycle. While AJ was came out through the first day, while Hearst was playing like the old Undertaker theme, and then they uh, the Druids opened the back of the Hearst, and you pretty much coffee comes out. Here comes AJ, and they're playing his music in the background. He's dressed, you know, he's got the club, oh, the OC shirt, the original club shirt, um, of course jeans because it was like a street fight almost. And then here comes Undertaker, you know, the motorcycle going down the street. You know, it's kind of like the American Badass Undertaker, so it was kind of cool. But to me, it was more like the real Taker, like, you know, not the character, but like the person, like Mark Calloway. So it was kind of cool. And they like the dialogue between him and AJ when they were going at it. They said that 100% of that was improvised. So they were just bouncing off each other. And it was really good. Definitely recommend, if you want to see WrestleMania 36, definitely see that Bollinger match. It was really good. Um, and of course, uh... Like I said, Braun Strowman was Universal Champion, so because Roman Reigns, due to you know he recently battled leukemia, and of course with COVID nineteen going around, you know his immune system could be compromised, so that's why he dropped out of the match. Yeah. And um, of course, the night two we that had we had Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre, which finally Brock Lesnar is no longer champion. Drew McIntyre finally won because to me it was a guy who pretty much was one of Vince's chosen ones back in the day, in the early days with Gresson. He was an FCW. Graduate and pretty much he got let go in 2014. He got let go when WWE never just launched it, did like you know, cuts. Um, he went 
did shine in the Indies, was Impact Champion, came back to WWE, became NXT Champion, then got moved up to the main roster, and he got a lot of momentum going behind him to the point that a big fan base was growing around him, and him, you know, it was kind of more of a redemption when that match was really good. Um, and of course, we had the fun, and then we go, of course, we got Edge and Randy Orton. To me, it was one of the longest matches ever because they, I mean, they filmed the whole thing in the performance center, except for the Boringer match and the, the Funhouse Firefly Funhouse match, which I'll get into that in a little bit. But going back to the last match sandwich with Randy Orton and Edge, I mean, this was, was a, you know, seeing Edge come back after being away from the ring for nine years, having to retire because of, you know, complications from his neck. And, you know, having the other surgery and him training him back, getting evaluated by doctors, getting different opinions if he was able to take bumps again, going back, getting to ring shape, making the surprise return at the Royal Rumble, and then, you know, making a program with Randy Orton, who he used to tag team with back in the day, back during the Ruthless Aggression era. And um, it was a good match. It was long, but they pretty much, you know, battled out everywhere in the Performance Center. So you got to see a little bit of Performance Center using whatever they can in your environment. But yeah, it kind of dragged a while, but I mean, doing that, I don't think they would be able to pull it off. If COVID-19 would have happened and they were in the big arena at, um, you know, Tampa Bay Stadium. So, like, there were some advantages filming an audience. And of course, um, the Firefly Funhouse match was kind of interesting because it kind of like poked fun at John Cena's career. Because he got to the point where John yeah, Cena was... Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I actually went and saw a video of re- reviewing that shit because uh, a guy I listened to... Never, never watches that shit, but his roommate told him to watch it because he, he had mentioned the first time, it was the first time that uh, WrestleMania was ever doing two nights, and it happened to be... Uh, like the, the two matches were felt like movies. That felt... No, no, not... He didn't say anything like that. He just said that it was going to be for two... He didn't want to tell him anything like that. He just said, oh, so uh, WrestleMania, he's like, I don't know anything about it. I just know WrestleMania was like Super Bowl because... Super Bowl wrestling, professional wrestling, yes. Since we grew in the 90s, everyone was, everyone knew what That was the big event because that's Super Everyone knew what wrestling was in the 90s. Not that it's a big event in general, just that like wrestling became so mainstream in the 90s that everyone, everyone that may not watch it knew about it. Mm -hmm. That that was the thing. Just like the Super Bowl. You may not know what football is, but the fucking Super Bowl, everyone knows what you're talking about or have an idea of it. And so like this guy... He was telling me, like, yeah, I guess I'll watch it. I was like, I, I, it's like I was going to watch NFL or NBA, but here I am. So now he watched. He was watching wrestling with them, but he caught the second night. He didn't want to do the first because the other shit going on. So the second night, and he watches the fun house shit. Um, and then... The, it was so freaking hilarious. That, the video of reviewing it, and he, he threw clips. It looked weird shit, but... Yeah, it was, like, um, the most trippy because they poked fun of Johnson his career, basically. I don't know if I would call that a movie compared to the other one, but I liked how it, like, was... It was They're doing callbacks like, uh, of his career. Yeah, it was like that, like, John Cena, this is your wrestling life. Like, this was your life. And then they parody a lot of, like, the old school, like, the 80s, like, Saturday Night's main event, and... Of course, they made fun of WCW with the NWO and stuff. They had to make it, you know, somewhat different. Because it's like, would you think, would you think they would ever do some shit like that? Having their normal run of the gun type No, I don't think the way they did this, the way they did this, I don't think it would have worked. I know many people don't agree that, you know, watching wrestling, you know, with no audience is kind of hard. But remember, um, they did it back, what, they did it in 1999. When they did the halftime heat, they did Mankind versus yeah. The Rock, and then as the arena gimmick, match. It's a gimmick, not as a, like an actual business practice. But like I said, don't get me wrong. It's like, but think about it. 
it, this was like at least a distraction on what's going on right now. At least, you know, to give people some, you know, some form of entertainment because, you know, you're stuck at home. If you don't work in an essential business, you got to have some kind of entertainment. There's no sports right now. Or you don't have any hobbies. You don't have any hobbies. So this is like a little sideways. Or anything but, interesting about you. <laughs> but like I said, props to WWE. And I just read that it was one of the highest rated, you know, social media type events because there was a lot of discussions of it. It was trending and stuff. So... So pretty much it was trending. And then according to this, um, apparently UFC 249, this is an article from CBR.com. I guess UFC is planning to do a pay, uh, their pay-per-view at a Native American casino. They're planning to do it in Amer- American, a Native American casino to avoid con- uh, coronavirus restrictions. <laughs> It says there's a rumor, but it says, according to the New York Times, UFC 249 will take place at the Tachi Palace Casino Resort in Lamore, California on Saturday, April 18th. The resort's about 40 miles south of Fresno, sits on a land belonging to the Tachi Yoku tribe. Sounds like the UFC. Apparently, it says here, despite calls to public officials to halt organizations' competitions for the time being, UFC President and CEO Dana White pretty much uh, saying that He's been headstrong while maintaining status quo. This comes as an ongoing COVID-19 pandemic has forced most other public sports to come to a halt. It says UFC 249 was originally supposed to take place in Brooklyn. However, the state of New York has enforced strict public gathering laws and has become a hot zone for COVID-19 in the U.S. After the New York State Athletic Commission decided it would not hold the event due to health concerns. So, pretty much, yeah, they're trying... Well, dude, they could do that. Because Native American tribes and... Reservations are sovereign, They're oh, sovereign so. nations, so they don't—they can't be. They don't—they don't live with the same rules we do. We hmm. granted them that. Really? You're right. You're not like. It's fine. Okay. No, it's like really interesting. So, uh, well, Beagle's gonna step out for a little bit. So, like I said, that's like I said, definitely check out WrestleMania 36. You know, definitely check out you know the Boneyard match. Um, like I said, lately I've been like watching WWE, like the old WWE from like the beginnings of before the ads were. So right now I'm in '97. Right now I'm like around April '97. Right now I I just like still gotta fit it. I just um basically the beginnings of Raw's War. So like the very preset episodes when Raw the, the cover into Raw's War. Bret Hart's still there. So watching that right now, I just watch all the old, old in your house pay per views as well. So I'm like going in order, so going by date and pretty much you know, watching that as well. Um, pretty much in video gaming wise, so before we get into video gaming, I will go back to that subject right now. I do want to mention like for your anime fans, you know, Funimation did announce like 24 new animes coming out soon for the spring season. Um, um, as well, let to see if I can pull up the list here. I don't know if I'm on Anime News Network trying to find the guys. Um, apparently, they have a list of animes. And, of course, it looks like Netflix added, like, the final 41 episodes of the 1986 Saint Saya anime with new English dub and subtitles. So, let's see if I get the rest of the episodes on there. By no, let's see if I can pull up that Funimation article. Uh, I can't seem to find it. Um, of course, you know, last weekend, My Hero Academia... Season 4 came to an end, and of course, Season 5 has been announced. Um, we have to wait and see when the final day, like, there's rumors saying that could be coming back. Not this coming summer, but next summer, which probably gives time for now the manga, the, like, Volume 24, the U.S. supposed to release in June, 
right now. So I'm pretty much up to date. I'm pretty much past the anime right now. And I can't, well, I'm looking forward to when the anime comes back and they you know, look into the, the training arc where, you know, Class 1A and Class 1B do training exercises. Um, I get to see Shinzo because he makes an appearance and, he, of course, he's taking the general studies class. So he has the opportunity to pretty much, you know, take part in the training sessions and, you know, he might get recruited to one of the training class, one of the hero courses. There might be an opening for him. So we get to see Shinzo. And, of course, you know, if you've seen season four finale of My Hero Academia, of course, Deku's uh, One for All quirk is starting to... Pretty much, um, he's start. He's gonna start. You know, in the manga, he's gonna start having flashbacks. You know, he's gonna start having his powers gonna start going out of control. He's gonna start getting new abilities, and he's gonna have flashbacks to you know the beginnings of all for one. Because remember, all for one was a power that was developed by one person that passed one, passed from one person to another. That gets cultivated, gets you know, you know, cultivated and passed to one person to another until it becomes its big powerful thing. And of course, all might pass it down to Deku. So pretty much, we have to wait and see. When the anime comes back, and of course in the manga right now, um, the Meta Human Liberation Front is um, a big group that's coming up next. And of course, don't get me wrong, League of Villains still make an appearance there too. They're going to be throwing the crossfire as well. So definitely check out My Hero Academia on manga form. And also check out the anime. All four seasons are streaming on Crunchyroll, Funimation, and Hulu. Um, if you want more to dub, definitely check it out Funimation. Uh, don't forget there's the two films. Um, My Hero Academia 2 Heroes which is available on Blu-ray and DVD and digital and also of course Heroes Rising is announced that it's coming this summer to Blu-ray and DVD so we have to wait and see when that date is I can look forward to it me and Beep got an opportunity to go see it in theaters definitely enjoyed that film so we get to see they said they might do some reshots for it re any sequences for that film we have to wait and see what the home video version is going to be um, I just read right now this is from Amic News Network. Like I said, a little bit of news before we get into a topic at hand. Beagle right now is being detained right now. Um, one of his buddies came to see him real quick. Um, this is an article from Amic News Network. Um, this is written by Alex Mateo, which is published today. Uh, anime historian Yasashushi Watanabe passed away in March 27. He was 86 years old. Um, he was born in Osaka in 1984. He worked at the... Manichi Shimbun newspaper for research Japanese and research animation. He co-authored Nihon Animation Agashi, the history of Japanese animated film, with Katsuri Yamaguchi in 1977, the Gekko Anime 70, 70 Years of Anime Feature Film, book in 1989. He also wrote the Nippon Anime Soseki, the genesis of Japanese anime book, where Shueisa, published on March 5th. He received the Japan Animation Association Award in 2014. And the Anime Achievement Award at 18, Japan Media Arts Festival in 2015, the Anime Achievement Award at the Tokyo Anime Festival in 2018. 2018, there was an exhibition about his animation research, Hyoto. Um, and says here, he also had a deep knowledge of Disney animation. He had a collection dedicated to his fascination with animation. Um, pretty much, while reading David Brewster's book, Oz with the Lucky Rabbit, a search for the lost Disney cartoons, discussed the lost physical footage, Oz with the Lucky Rabbit, what's happening, remember, filmed in his own collection. Apparently, he purchased one 70 years prior in Osaka for 500 yen, which is today about $4.60. The film was named Mickey Manga Spy, which he purchased for the cartoon on Star Mickey Mouse. It was actually Oswald the Lucky Rabbit film, Neck and Neck. So, yeah, that's a big, you know, all thoughts go to his family. You know, he was a big historian. He pretty much, I would say he's kind of like um, the Leonard Bolton when it comes to, like, film. You know, film buffs and pretty much critics. So this is like one of the big, you know, guys in Japan. Um, so 
Like I said, um. Okay, so pretty much, guys, um, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, Biko will be right back, and we'll get into pretty much the top twenty-five um Xbox gaming lists. So make sure, like, make sure to listen to our dynamic ads. So we'll be right back after the break. Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Pops or Not logo on there. Also, we have stickers, so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, whatever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. Hey guys, hey, we're back. Um, Pretty much uh, the next part of our episode is pretty much now we go back to the nitty-gritty. We're going to talk about video games. Um... So what we did was, you know, I posted a question on the on the site itself uh, on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash talkingpop and pretty much put what your request for the top 25. And we, the two of them were, the three of them were, were given were um, top 25 Xbox exclusive games, top 25 exclusive PS4 PlayStation games, and top 25 Rick and Morty episodes. So we decided to do three weeks of top 25. So... For our top 25, we decided, I decided to, um, pretty much, I went through, like, Xbox exclusives, basically what was on the Xbox system itself. I went through Xbox, Xbox 360. Beacon Pie has some for, like, Xbox One exclusives. So, I'm going to run down the list, uh, if Pico will give his opinion on it. Yeah. So, for number 25, I have Jet Set Radio Future. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's a given. Um, I mean... Super fun. If you, uh, fuck. I mean, if you ever played the original Jet Set Radio on the on the Dreamcast, I mean, that was cool when Sega decided to bring it for the Xbox. It was only on Xbox. I remember playing the demo of it. Um, if you guys are not familiar with Jet Set Radio feature, basically, you go around, you're skating, and pretty much tagging places, pretty much. It, it, it's it's a like cool a cool soundtrack. You know, it's like a techno type of beat because it was like uh, 2001. Techno hip hop mix, you know, it was kind of cool. You do like all these tricks and you pretty Pretty much tag buildings, and pretty much that's what it is. And it's like one of those fun games where you know it was one of the top titles in Dreamcast, and you know, Sega decided to do with Xbox or Microsoft say, hey, let's let's, let's take our franchise and have a new spot. There was one of the launch titles on there. Yeah, so I don't know if there's been any iterations, or that's like the most most Um, recent Jessica Future. They did a remaster. Fairly when the new, the, our previous generation came out in 360, but the one, they did do a remaster copy, because once they made it available for playback, they just, I think they would hold, held off on it, um, but definitely recommend it, I don't know how you couldn't, if you're into platforming, not platforming, but if you're into, you know, open range type of uh, environments, very bright colors uh, in the game, it was like the one of the first forms of cell animation, used in video game formats and so uh i think it 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 coincided very well with the bright colors of the maps and 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 you're kind of going against this crazy regime that's against sort of like what like free expression or something yeah 
basically graffiti art. So it was kind of like bringing street arts. It's like video games for street artists and, and anybody who loves shit like that. And rollerblading for the time, like rollerblading was still pretty much big. Like uh, I rollerbladed back in the day. And a lot of people were inline skating a lot too. So like to see this game get a lot of notoriety in, 90, in 2000. Oh no, 98. It had to be 97 maybe when it came out in Dreamcast. No, Dreamcast came out in the U.S. in 99, so what oh, was one so launched in 2009. Okay, Xbox so. were launched, like, the first Xbox launched in 2001, November. Yes, yeah, so you see, fairly right after. So, you know, it, it didn't take too long for them to bring it onto Xbox, so that only made the the fan uh, the fan group grow larger. So, it, it's a it's one of those games you need to play. It's it's I'm, I'm not surprised it's on this list. Um, number 24, I put NFL Fever 2002 because <laughs> it was basically the first, like, Xbox game I got when... Yeah, I remember that shit. It was pretty much... It was 2001, guys. It was the I was still in high school when the first Xbox, I believe I was, like, a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And pretty much this was, like, the last system my parents got for me. So, after that, I pretty much saved up and get my own system. Of course, NFL Fever 2002, I mean, it was pretty much Microsoft's equivalent to Madden. Um, I liked the bubbles, was the soundtrack on it, the gameplay, the models were kind of like almost almost similar to NFL Blitz, but the gameplay was pretty much simple. You know, matching the buttons of the receivers and like the what I liked about was the camera angles because every time you took down a guy, um, they showed like the stadiums and stuff. And of course, it was the last time you got to see the old Soldier Field um, because oh, yeah, because yeah, this was two thousand two. So this was like at like basically it was based on the you know the NFL season. Wait, time. so they said the second one was an essential NFL Fever two. NFL Fever two thousand two. That was the first launch title. Oh, NFL Fever, the first one. Yeah, two thousand two. Oh, I, I thought you meant like NFL Fever two was the essential. I was like, no, two thousand two was cool. Oh, two, yeah, NFL Fever two was cool. Soundtrack was good. Nerd. NERD was the opening song yeah, for it. Yeah, like, they had a really good hard, soundtrack. It and like I said, it was no time you got to see the old Soldier Field in video game ever again. Because, of course, you know, the, the next, after that, you know, they went to the new Soldier Field. So playing that, it was kind of cool. And, too, it was like the last, like, NFL game to feature. Every team had their own sponsorship. So before Reebok became the primary. So you got to see, like, the old logos from the other teams, different yeah. brands on there. So the models look kind of like, you know, they don't. They try to make the character models. I mean, it was it was Microsoft's answer to the Madden series and the NFL 2K series as well. Because remember, that time we had three series. We had Madden, 2K, and Fever. So, um, number 23 will be Loons Fight for Fame. I remember playing the Devil for a game. Basically, it was Looney Tunes version of Smash Brothers, but with the wackiness of Looney Tunes. Basically, it's one of those, like, you know, Smash Brothers was the big thing and, um on N64, and of course they took the concept of Looney Tunes, and pretty much just trying to be a top star, you pretty much try to take your opponents out with different gadgets and Acme products, so it's like, it was pretty much like an arena fighter almost, like that four-person fighter, and of course, you know, Xbox, the first Xbox, you know, it had like four controller ports, so you could play four players with your friends, so it took that concept. Um, I don't know if you have anything to say about that one. Or, I don't know if you ever play Loons, it's called Loons Fight for Fame, um... That's what's called Loon's Fight for Fame. No, I don't think I've ever played that. I played like the demo for it when, you know, Xbox had their magazine, they gave discs for it. Mm. It sounds... I don't know if I would like it, to be honest, but uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know Alright. I never played it. Uh, number 22, WWE Raw 2. reason why I picked Raw 2 because over the launch title, 
Don't need raw. For what system? Xbox? This is on yeah. Xbox? So far, I'm trying to mix Xbox and Xbox 360. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. So, but where it's all Microsoft. Yeah, but... Okay. Okay, cool. But they're all Xbox exclusives right. in general. Um, raw 2, it was on the Xbox itself. Pretty much, you know, it was it was better than its predecessors. Its predecessor, like, the gameplay was so weird. But in part 2, they kind of make better because it got to the point where you actually can play career mode. You can actually try to get a manager. The arenas look kind of cool. Um, Stone, you get to play a Scott Steiner in there. You get to play a Stone Cold. You know, Stone Cold came back at WWE that time after being gone for so many years. Gameplay wasn't as bad. Um, well, I liked about it. It had like a season mode. Um, and I wish you could pick between Raw or SmackDown. Pick any superstar you want and go through SmackDown. But you have to go through the pay per views and stuff. So I actually had the pay per view arenas at WrestleMania 19. I just wish you know for WrestleMania 19 they actually, I guess um. At that time, for the Xbox, the limitation when it came like the stadium, they pretty much used the same stadium back, like the same arena background for everything. For, and then WWE. Because at WrestleMania 19, they held that Safeco Field in Seattle, so they couldn't do that baseball stadium style look. Because, you know, I think do the rights and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it wasn't a bad wrestling game, because, you know, play like the SmackDown series was still exclusive to PlayStation, so this was like. You know, since the SmackDown was still on PlayStation, they decided, oh, what? Well, let's do WWE Raw. So it was like their answer to SmackDown before eventually SmackDown crossed over to Xbox 360, which was the SmackDown, which was Raw series. Which will, which I'm surprised I didn't put it on the list, but like I didn't have many games of it. So number 21, this is an Xbox 360 exclusive. It was Naruto Rise of Ninja. So if you were a big fan of anime and fan of Naruto... It was kind of cool because you get to play as Naruto and, you know, get to go around the whole Fire Leaf Village and pretty much interact with the locals or the residents. Get to do missions. If you're pretty much playing Naruto, you're pretty much playing the first arcs of the game. And the challenges were tough. I mean, there's different missions you got to do. and But it's like it was like the first anime exclusive title for the Xbox 360 at the time. I don't know, Biko, you're not a big anime guy, so I don't know if you have any pins in that one. For... No, it's a Rise of Ninja. Not really. Yeah, never played it. Okay, number 20. Fusion Frenzy 2 for the Xbox 360. Fuck yeah. Remember Fusion Frenzy? Oh Fusion my god. Frenzy was fun. Honestly, if... I think it just doesn't get enough recognition because Mario Party was still very much high in stride as far as uh, party games or four... I guess you could say four-person mini-game battle royale type of video games were concerned. Uh, and then, like, throwing Mario characters, it's kind of hard, you know, you really got to throw some different competition at them, but I think Xbox really had a good run with fucking Fusion Frenzy. The, the characters were all unique, the games were all unique, the music was cool, like, the environments are so different, all the games were challenging as hell, um, I think it was engaging enough to where you can have repetitive play, in a sense, that, like, you know... Uh, and get enough people together at those points, and you know, land parties weren't anything new, like or different. Like everybody was doing, uh, you know, in home land parties or for people playing at the Xbox because it had that capability. And then when they did the sequel for 360, we only had yeah, the online game. It was only well. even yeah. The once they opened it to not that Xbox didn't have the online, but once 360's online capabilities came in, it was just a godsend. Like it exploded, and uh, they added a tons more games. Um, I think they even had. DLC release to where they were they kept adding new ones onto the online multiplayer so you were playing different games that you weren't able to access just playing the regular single player or um I guess you could say uh what four player split screen there you go split screen play so if, if Fusion Frenzy man you have to if you have enough friends to come around or in the quarantine 
if they have it in, in this Microsoft Store, check it out. Um, you would have a lot of fun playing it. I think it'd be fun. All right, number nineteen <laughs> is Lips for the Xbox 360. If like PlayStation had Sing. Um, this was like, Lips was pretty much the karaoke uh. for the Xbox Series. What's kind of cool about it is, if you bought the set, it was for the 360. What was cool about it, you get to play, you get to sing karaoke, match the pitch and everything, but at the same time, they had the music videos with the music. So they actually had the music videos for like, What is Love, and you know, they had like, and the controllers light up and stuff, and it got to a point where it came with two controllers, and you could share with the audience, and the controllers were like motion. So they kind of glowed, meaning you were doing good or you're doing bad. Um, but it was it was a fun game, um, pretty much. Uh, like I said, it was like, a, it was like Xbox um, answer to karaoke before Rock Band came and took over everything. So, um, I don't know if you have anything about say about Lips. I've, I remember you having it. I but no, because I never played. But it's a karaoke game. It's fun if you're into karaoke. All right, number eighteen, Cock Conquer Live and Reloaded. Oh fuck, Conquer. Yeah, if you ever played Conquer, who's bad? Fur Day on the sixty four. So this was the, this was the remaster, basically yeah. the more redone, remade for the yeah. Xbox. Pretty fucking good. So this was crazy because it had like it actually had like uh, the World War Two sequences. I don't think it wasn't the original Conquer's bad Fur Day. So what it did was it had added the whole World War II sequence where you have Conquer going through like different periods. And it's time when he's fighting a war and he's got the thing when they're storming Normandy Beach sequence. So <laughs> basically it's what it was and they made and they had like a little bit of arena, like a little bit of arena fighters, like almost like a shooting thing. So you get to play as different characters, different classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But of course like that was the multiplayer part of it. Where you, and then the single player was pretty much a redone of version of uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day when pretty much when Rare got bought by um, by Microsoft and eventually Conquer went with them. So Conquer was no longer on the Nintendo side. So that's one of those launch titles. Um, I don't know if you can say anything about Conquer. Um, I was Bad Fur Day, so Conquer Live Reload. I think it was one of the first like ones where it was when Xbox Live launched mm-hmm. on, on the Xbox. This was one of the launch titles for it. No, yeah, yeah. it added no. the whole online gameplay at that time. Uh, no, it's it's uh, it, it was a remaster and it was good. It was the same. I like it. Okay, number seventeen, Halo Three ODST for the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Oh yeah, that was that like not a spinoff, but like a side cannon. Uh. Actually, I didn't. I didn't mind that one. I actually, really didn't. I really enjoyed the campaign, um, <clears throat> because it was like another side. Of <clears throat> excuse me. It was like showing another side of that you don't have to only rely on the Master Chief's perspective on bringing the game. It kind of showed us another, another view of a Spartan units uh, kind of regrouping, and it gave us another view. Like, of these are like Corps. the soldiers or something. Yeah, the Marine Corps, and then who, working alongside Spartan. So, like, it was, and it provided more story, and I think the way the campaign was held, uh, it, it was it more a like a strategic or something? Like yeah. You play as it had a different, uh, and you know what, it had, it had a lot of, like, a, more of a siphon filter. A phone call is here! A phone call is here! More of a siphon filter type of deal, if, uh, if you've ever played those games on the PlayStation when it first came out, but in in a sense of the the environment and how it paced, uh, how they carried your character and how the story progressed, uh, it just felt very dark tones and regrouping and going through those towns, uh, going through those cities to where like it was all uh, abandoned, 
um, and you're playing the Spartan that doesn't have the same capabilities as the Master Chief. So it was like the first time that you had to deal yeah, with... Yeah, like, a human and you're a regular yeah, you person. Yeah, you were, you know, a, a highly trained... Plus Ultra! Marine. So it's... It wasn't... You weren't necessarily as... Uh, starting out with the best... Uh, an assault rifle and, and uh, high-powered armor. You, you kind of had to bring that up as you go along. And I think it was an enjoyable game. Uh, and it... it I mean, Halo 3 in itself was an amazing game, so uh, I'm not surprised you put ODST in there. I think it just doesn't get talked about a lot, because it was just kind of like... Uh, it, it was At that time, there wasn't a good enough amount of marketing, but the, Bungie was going through their struggles at that time, too, uh, with the Halo properties, so it, it just started becoming something to where we see it as it is today, with 343 taking over, so it just became... You know, I think it was one of their last... Uh, I think bouts of creativity when it came to that sort of thing. Um, Besides reach, I guess. All right, number sixteen, Crackdown. Oh uh, yeah, the cop one, the cop. Yeah, the cop Crackdown. Games. I loved it because it was almost like uh, you get to play as a cop, but it was kind of well, kind of cool about it is you're like a futuristic cop, so you get different abilities based on your missions and stuff. You get like upgrades and stuff for certain things. Like if you're a good brawler, you get brawling skills. If you get shooter, good shooting skills, or you get ones for speed. So you do like different missions. You're basically a cop in the city. So like Grand Theft Auto, but you're the cop. But you're the cop, basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, the animation was cool. It was like a solid animation and stuff for it. Right. Um, number 15, Halo 4 for the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. I mean, I we had it. I have to say, I'm sorry, guys. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> no, it's not the best. It wasn't the best one because this was like 343... Studios attempt mm-hmm. because remember this was the first time they're working ever since all um, this was after Bungie got bought out by Activision and they went on to develop you know Destiny Destiny Two so you know they Microsoft had to go in house and get uh three four three studios to develop it where I didn't yeah I mean you, you're Master Chief again I mean you if you played like Halo Three it takes place after Halo Three. But Halo 4, I'm sorry, it's like, it was, I did not enjoy the story at all. Mm. I felt that they tried their best, that, you know, it's kind of hard to top off where Bungie left off. I mean, don't get me wrong, the graphics are great, the gameplay is somewhat okay, but I like the fact that you get to pick different, like, you know, weapons and stuff. And different ability, and you get to use weapons that you couldn't use before. And then they had like a new care, new villains besides the Covenant and stuff. So it was kind of like it was interesting. Yeah, it was a weird. Uh, I forgot so, that. those weird like necromancer type of things, like yeah. the technological weird. I fucking I forgot what they were called. Yeah, I forgot, yeah, I forgot what they were called too. I think they were like the founders or something, the original founders of Halo or something. I don't know what they were called. I, like I it's said, like they made that or something. Yeah, yeah, they were like the creators of it or something. Mm-hmm. I forget what they were called. They were called like a weird name, but they were like the first original architects of Halo. So yeah, so they felt really special about it. But then like the last, I don't enjoy the last level too. Actually, you're right. Um, the storyline it has a lot of levels that are like annoyingly difficult, and some that are, uh, and some that are just like. Oh, yeah. The, especially with the last level. The last level pisses me off because it's just so unbearably long. Uh, it, it's just annoyingly longer than you sh- than it had to be and all the steps would make you do just to get and the enemy being super overpowered and for you to have to deal with a lot of like the bullshit that was there 
um, leading up to that level, it just becomes very, like, non-fulfilling at the end of the day. Um, and I get it. Like, the game as it plays as a whole is fine. Um, they... It was definitely more or less stylized towards, like, Call of Duty at that point. Because Call of Duty was kind of, um, churning... Not, at that point, Call of Duty's, like, reign on churning, um, first-person shooters every year was... It was kind of dwindling to... To essentially what it is present day. It's not, I'm not saying it's terrible. It's just not what it is at its strongest as it was. And Halo... And a lot... And you saw a lot of other properties taking a couple of things that, uh... Call of Duty was doing, and I think Halo implemented some of the things that they were doing into that, and it, it and it very much played the same way as if you were playing Call of Duty. So you were able to very much transfer that same sort of um, I want to say muscle memory when it came to your uh, your control skills. Uh, but yeah, the Halo Four is okay. I liked it for the multiplayer, but this campaign was just yeah very unfulfilling. All right, number fourteen, Blood Wake. Uh, give me. Uh, Blood Wake was pretty much, um, you play at this girl who was like a vampire and she, um, pretty much goes against, you know, she's like the rebel. It was, um, pretty much Xbox answer to, what was that other game that was on, uh, PlayStation? I forgot the name of it. Um, but Blood Wake, you know, she was one of the top, you know, anime wife, um, video game waifus. Um, pretty much up there with Laura Croft and stuff, and pretty much she's she was a swords, but she was also a vampire. But she was, I guess, this like, you know, this evil section of vampire tribe. So I did play. I played playing the demo for it. I mean, it was all right. I mean, at time was my game tastes were so different. So I don't know why I can say more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember even where I even played it. I know they made a film based on it as well. Mm-hmm. So, eh. um. Number 13, Halo Reach. I put number 13. Because it was Bungie's last um, game. Last Halo game on Xbox 360. But they were, that was their last game they made. That was like their swan song, basically. Pretty much Halo Reach was basically... Pretty much the precursor to Halo. It was pretty much, you know, the beginnings of Halo. It was like, you know, if I read the novels... So they took some characters from the novels because if you if you read the the novel, there's the novel called The Fall Reach, which pretty much you know at that time they made novels based on the Halo universe, and I have the novel called Halo Fall Reach, which pretty much talks about the beginnings of the Spartan program, how pretty much they took these kids, kidnapped them, made clones of them, and put them to and pretty much enhance them, make them like super soldiers, put them to this rigorous training, to eventually in the very few get selected to be Spartans. And pretty much at this time, what Halo Reach does is basically the planet Reach. That's what they were the main training facility, the main training facility for the UNSC. Um, it's up to this ragtag team of Spartans to pretty much try to defend the planet and try to buy time for the Pillar of Autumn and other ships to escape. And eventually, John 117, who eventually, you know, as Master Chief, manages to get on Pillar of Autumn, but you don't get to play as Master Chief, you get to play like the people that he used to work with. So you get to play these different Spartans. When I like for a fact that you get to play also as a female Spartan. So, and pretty much, it's mostly in the game, you're not by yourself. Usually with, like, a, a comrade or something. But you're, like, in different parts. And I kind of like the last sequence where at the end, you're basically, at the end, you're trying to survive. All you have is your pistol. You try to pick off the Covenant one by one before eventually you fall. At the end, you see the helmet on the grass. It was kind of like those dramatic, but I think it was almost like 
Bungie saying, you know, thank you for following our series. Thank you for your, you know, for your fandom. This is like our last, you know, game with for Microsoft. So yeah. it was kind of cool. I liked it. And I can't say negative things about Halo Reach. No, it's hard. It's an extra really good game. Yeah. All right, number twelve, Halo Two. You probably wonder why I ranked it at top of Halo Reach. <clears throat> Halo Two was a shit. <clears throat> Halo Two was not bad. Halo Two. Was it was one of the fastest stories ever. In the game, yeah. It was one of the shortest stories ever. And the funny thing is, I remember staying up, going to, back at, you know, really midnight fast. release. I wanted to go get the midnight release. I actually stand outside of GameStop waiting for it. So I got the Metallica Vision. Well, what was cool about is you get to play as the Arbiter. Yeah, that was cool. So you got to see... And new guns. We got new guns. And you got new guns. And plus, you get to see, you get to play a different... The, and then Master gets a new suit, so he gets an upgrade version of his old suit. You get to play as a member of the Covenant, essentially. You get to play the Arbiter, who was pretty much hand-selected by the Prophets, they call him. Mm-hmm. Who first, pretty much he finds out, you know, the Arbiter finds out that they were, they were heretics. They're fucking liars. They're freaking liars. They were just using his race and the brutes, you know. So they're what the Vatican is. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're what the Vatican is, heretics. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. So, but you get to play as the Arbiter to the point that eventually they team up. And it kind of, in the final, cool. I didn't like about the game was it left on a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was one of the shortest campaigns yeah. ever. It the wasn't campaign, a long was, campaign. Yeah, the soundtrack was phenomenal, though. The soundtrack was phenomenal. Was an yeah. Incubus did some soundtrack. They did work. a lot of different songs. Yeah, soundtrack is good just alone listening to it. Um, and the game, the game was fun. It was the first time they. they it was like fast paced. Uh, or, uh, yeah, online multiplayer, dude. It was, it was Xbox 360, yeah, so. Yeah, it was the first time. And so, like, that brought upon. Um, Fun ass multiplayer battles, uh, customizable maps. And you got to wield the uh, sword. And you had the energy sword. You had to wield the energy sword. That you weren't being able to use in Halo 1, but you always had to face those enemies that would hit you right away and kill you when you had to restart so many times. But Halo 2 was really such a big launch at that day, and so many uh, glitches and Easter eggs. Uh, God, that game was so fun, all the skulls. Just Halo 2, you gotta play it. It's, it's a legend. It's a legendary game. I was on Xbox. I remember that. Halo Two was so dual, dual welding guns. That was like, on Xbox. It was, it was on. The, it was like one of the last Halo titles for the Xbox yeah, because it was, it, great. it was after the Xbox Live first launch on Xbox. So I spent hours playing that stupid game. It was so good. All right, number eleven, Fable. Remember, if you ever play Fable on Xbox, um, it's free right now on the Xbox Store right now. The original uh, for the, the it's the the no it's the deluxe remaster whatever that they released on three sixty. Let's go about Fable was so it was like their it was like it was like their first RPG where the, whatever actions you done kind of shapes your character because mm-hmm. your character can start as heroic and can start as evil. It depends on the choices that your character makes. I mean, you create the character from scratch, basically. You give it certain traits, but based on the actions of your character, it has consequences. You do good things, you can do bad things. It just shapes how your character's personality is. It was a fun game. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I can't say enough about that series. Um, I don't know, anything you want to add for Fable? Uh, it was really big at that time with, with that sort of uh, way of personalization for the character. Um, it's very much in that realm with Fallout, in that sense. Similar to where you're your actions do carry consequences not only on your environments, but your character personally. So even their appearance can change. And Fable was really big on that too. It got really customizable. And I think honestly, um, it, it, it was such a big title because it had so many features for a game that uh, played very well. And 
running on Xbox and and it had an online capability too. So like it, I think I think it was like for deals. Yeah, that was. So, I mean, it was just. Uh, I think it was just like updates and stuff. I don't think they added too much. Right, but I mean, with an RPG like that, to give it updates, to, um, current updates to where it can like add new features, whatever. I think it at that time that was a big RPG. Um, I, I knew a lot of people who played it, and I never heard a lot. It, in a sense that, not like World of Warcraft, but it had like some sort of, it had a lot of popularity at that time. Because it was like one of the only RPGs available on the Xbox. Yeah, because they, they didn't have Final Fantasy or something yet. Yeah, they didn't have shit. Yeah. Alright, number 10, Crackdown 2. We're the top 10 oh, guys. Yeah, I never played So that. if you play Crackdown 2, like, I think it was just, this, I think that one, they just added more features and you get to play with a buddy. I was like, you get to play with a friend. Oh, it's the same. So, I mean, they added more features and their city, but, I mean, the animation and the game graphics were a little improved. Um, number nine, Mass Effect. Oh, okay, the first one, because at first, originally, it was on Xbox before EA decided, like, to make it for other systems. But originally, it was an Xbox 360-only title. So, definitely, Mass Effect was, like, the Bioware, you know, coming off of Jade Empire. Oh, Gonna mention Jade Empire. How about Jade Empire? That was also, but the problem was they're on PC at that time, so I can't say they're exclusives anymore because they were also on PC. Mm-hmm. But they originally were Xbox exclusive titles. I remember Jade Empire was on Xbox originally. I don't know if it's on the Microsoft Store now, but that was one of our Bioware's. That was probably like Jade Empire. That'll be an honorable mention was Jade Empire for the Xbox because it was all Bioware's. You know, they set up the the model for. Character development, where you create, you get select, like pre-selected characters, you get the, you know, you get choices made, and you get allies, and you can pick what party member, but I think due to the limitations of the original Xbox, you can only have like one party member with you, versus uh, Max Effect, you have to have two party members, but they each had different abilities, and based on your actions, you can, you know, it gave you the choice to, based on your, what you're saying, can influence the, your party members, even to the point you can develop romantic relationships with them, but the stories were so good. Like, Jay Empire was inspired by, you know, Chinese and Japanese mythology. Mass Effect, of course, you know, some space. So, that was kind of cool. Like, the different alien races out there. You know, the Asari and the Krogan, um, the Sarian. I mean, we get to see different, like, characters interact and stuff. Um, definitely, those are, I would say, number nine is Mass Effect, but Jay Empire would be an honor mention for the number nine spot. Um, number eight, Forza. Motorsport. Motorsport, yeah. Um, that was their that was Xbox's answer to pretty much to Gran Turismo, which was the PlayStation race driving sim. I would say before the Motorsport series was freaking phenomenal. I mean that's it's still a big thing right now, I believe, right? Is it still like the biggest thing on Xbox right now? What is Forza? Forza? Yeah. Nah. Uh, as far as racing? No, I don't think I've ever released are there any Xbox One titles? I know you have an Xbox One. Yeah, I do. There's yeah, there's a lot of yeah. They're up to like four to six, so, four to five or six. But uh, no, I mean, because there's so many race titles out there. Especially with the one, we had like the Crew Grid, uh, Grid being on three. I think I, there's so many race. Like I have Need for Speed. Um, Need for Speed. But this being an exclusive, this was like Microsoft's like. I mean, that was a, that were that was the first attempt at competing with Gran Turismo on PlayStation, so they were taking notes, man. It's not like they didn't, but like Forza Motorsport was definitely a big uh, competitive 
a big competition uh, towards Forza when it came to uh, real life simulating uh, professional driving, like Formula One, uh, your regular circuit track racing. Uh, it didn't have NASCAR, but uh, with the years rolling on, they started adding that type of DLC with the later iterations. Um, but that was that time where they had to compete with Gran Turismo because Gran Turismo was such a, a strong racing uh property for playstation like i didn't know anybody that did not want like especially big car people Gran Turismo was that the game and nobody was fucking playing burnout nobody was playing but i think um, like burnout was more like an arcade yeah right this so was like, like a driving like, like a three like driving, driving sim, yeah. simulation like Gran Turismo was that title for you i think it's forza, forza gave it a reference way i think it was good too all right uh number seven dead or alive four I've never played any of the Dead or Lives. I think I played the third one, maybe. I played the demo of it. But it's, I mean, it's like Tekken, but... It's Tekken. It's like, yeah, I, I can't say more. The girls are cute. I mean, yeah, the, the fighting styles are really awesome, like different cast of characters, but... Um, yeah, it was one of the, the... Like, Dead or Alive, I remember it was always on... Dead or Alive 4 was like the last Xbox exclusive, because now you can play it, like, now you can play on PlayStation 4 and stuff, but, for it, but it was, like, Xbox exclusive titles. Um, number six, Gears of War 2. I put that as my number six. I don't know if you have any honorable mention will be at the number six, but what do you think of Gears of War 2? Uh, no, Gears of War 2 is great. It's when they introduced Horde mode, I think. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have a fucking... I got into the Gears train. Um, I was more of a Horde guy anyway, so I tend to lean towards playing that because I sucked in the multiplayer because I, I... The game style for, that Gears brought in was definitely different, and it took me a bit to get acclimated. But I do like the whole survival type of horde game type, so I tend to lean over there. But as a whole, I would always play with squad, and the campaigns were always definitely a, a big draw for me too. Uh, the campaigns were excellent, very movie-like. Um, and hence, like they're still talking and working about making a movie, but uh, and, and we're up to Gears Five, so like it's it's still going, guys, and, and it still remains a solid, strong title to play and offer yeah, so that's much. And this, this, just the campaigns are, are solid enough. It's just, it's good. Okay, number five was Blue Dragon, um, because um, that was Microsoft Game Studios on the 360. They brought in, like, basically, you know, Xbox at the time, they didn't have a lot of JRPGs, because a lot of the JRPGs were on PlayStation and Nintendo, so they didn't get, like, Dragon Quest or any of those games. So what they did was they got Akira Toriyama, the, who was the creator of Dragon Ball, and they brought in one of the creators of Final Fantasy um, to come in and pretty much develop an RPG for uh, for the Xbox 360. So it was through Microsoft Game Studios. It was not bad. Um, you pretty much should play this kid. Um, you know, his town gets attacked. His village gets a title village gets attacked. And there's this weird alien called Nene. And pretty much, you know, these kids and eventually they'll get like different. They get this one mercenary. They have these forms called shadows and they have the shadows fight with them. And pretty much, it's a good story. Definitely recommend if you're, I don't know if they have it in a Microsoft store, but even spawn an anime as well. And they had Toriyama help with the design for the characters as well. Um, I believe the anime itself is on um, Hulu. They have the uncut version, so you can check that out. But the game was not bad. It was like a turn-based JRPG. It was one of the first JRPG titles on the Xbox. So, Xbox 360, so definitely check that out. But that's my top five. Um, number four, Fable 2 for the 360. This was the first Fable title on Xbox 360. What the difference with Fable 2 was, at that time, you're pretty much in charge. Your character is in charge of a town. Mm-hmm. 
And basically, whatever choices you make impacts your town. You can make good choices, you can make bad choices, you can raise taxes, you can lower taxes. Sort of like a president. Sort of like a president almost. Like, yeah, you can do quests and stuff, you can have someone watch the town for you, but you had that, you know... That comes in, plus your character can get married, they can have kids and stuff, they got an offspring, you can play as the offspring later on. So, it was not a bad series, but it gave the whole, like, consequences type of You thing. get to play as the offspring as, from the kid, from the, your own offspring? I don't know if you can, but I remember, I haven't played that game in a long time. I remember having played their in a long time, but I remember having a game. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's I think it was, uh, yeah. Place. It probably is. Yeah. Oh, all right. Here we go. The top three, guys. Fucking top three. If you have an honorable mention, Spico, for... For Xbox? Yeah. Um, honorable mentions. Before we get to the top three. That's a while. Uh, Burnout. I actually had, I'll talk to you about Burnout. But I actually really enjoyed Burnout games. Uh, yeah, specifically Burnout Takedown. Is the one we had on Xbox, I want to say. Uh, fun racing game. It's just like a very Remember, arcade. It, very... Was that an Xbox exclusive? Because like I said we were. No, it wasn't Xbox. Ah, oh, was it Xbox exclusive? No, it's not. Fuck. No, as far as Xbox exclusives. Uh... No, because we already said Halo. I guess Halo, the first one. Was huge. That's weird because I had um, that. Uh, I, uh, that wasn't. That's that's one of your things. Yeah. Oh shit. All right. Well then. Yeah. I mean, keep going. That's fine. Which uh, number that three. Was, like I don't have any other ones as far as number three. Games. Halo three. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Halo three. Campaign. Uh, you get the most co is when you do co-op. Uh, one person gets to be the master chief. The other person gets to be arbor. Arbor. Yeah. And the the campaign is uh, one of the one of the most difficult and then one of the one of the best. And because this time it's like you oh. and a race of Covenant are pretty much you and the Arbiter pretty much came, Master Chief and Arbiter are pretty much help working together to take down the Prophet. They both have the same enemy, but yeah. at the same time you're you're also fighting the Flood. You're you're uh, you're fighting the Brutes. Um, the multiplayer you even were able to do even more customizable games. It was the first time that like you were able also to file share customizable maps to play in multiplayer and that's when they start introducing games like uh the soccer ball game there were so many glitches so many uh, easter eggs so many tweaks uh, so many things you could do in multiplayer uh you could also in campaign those you could do co-op and you could do online co-op for campaign as well so oh yeah because i think yeah, halo, 3 in halo, halo 3 introduced the four uh, first ever four like yeah co-op you could do online co-op missions mm-hmm that's why you were able to play as Arbiter too. You could play your friend can play as Arbiter online as well, and you're able to join it. And you could have your and like all those private matches. People were going crazy on the creativity with some of those games. They would style like certain places. Uh, that some of the you were able to enact so many skulls even online. Um, you can use those online maps to play in multiplayer as well for private matches. Uh, there was ways around that, and people were still doing land parties too. So like. That transition, that transition to where everything was just basically online from your home, nobody was really getting together, like, that that phased out after Halo 3, really, but the game itself, yeah, like, plus you it was, like if you tell a lot of Xbox plus it was games, like the first Halo title on the 360. Yeah, but like, if if you were to tell a lot of people, like, which Halo they played there, like, especially on 360, they'd be like, oh no, Halo 3, hell yeah, I don't, I've never met anybody that had anything bad to say about Halo 3. It's fucking good. Like the storyline was good. So many new guns, even with the dueling. Some of the heavier guns were fun. Like it, 
They really, Bungie really fucking went a lot with Halo 3. I think, like, that's got to be one of their ones that way they can always pat themselves on the back before they, Halo took a different turn with different publishers, but, and, de and developers, but nonetheless, like, man, Bungie fucking send themselves off with the godsend on Halo 3. Alright, number two, Gears of War 3. Mm. What's cool about Gears of War 3, I like for practice the campaign, and plus what I liked about it too, you get to play as female soldiers as well, so it kind of diverse the characters you could pick from. Yeah, it's, they had a new character, he's got a couple old ones. The storyline was very good. Um, campaign played fast, but not sometimes people were being not long enough. Sometimes it played it played fast, but it was pretty long. Um, more online uh, multiplayer for game formats. Uh, Horde got even longer and harder, and they added more um, more things like you could build uh, traps, you could set up barriers. They added more things in Horde that you can do uh, to help you withstand the enemy. I think they added more... Uh, no, you can still do four people. Um, but they added multiple fortress spaces that you can set up. Um, so they made it a little better when it came to the survival type of game type that you see in a lot of first-person shooters, such as Zombies, because Call of Duty Zombies was really big at that time. And, and not saying you could do those things, but you could do traps and shit. And mm. So Gears tried to implement that in their own style. And it worked. It was great. I mean... It only made my Horde experience even better. Um, so, like, I don't have a lot to complain of in that game. Alright, next is to one. Number one, Halo Combat Halo. Evolved for yeah. the original Xbox. I'm sorry, that has to be number one. Because honestly, I think it was one of the first first-person shooters I ever played. And plus, you know, back in the day, you know, online wasn't around yet. Online gaming wasn't big yet. Wi-Fi was not even, you know, home internet was so different back then. Wi-Fi was still in its infant stage. Wi-Fi wasn't around, so we, we were stuck with dial-up. You know, Xbox Live wasn't around yet. So the next best thing to do is grab an Ethernet cable, like early phone cable. And pretty much, you know, uh, if you had a buddy who was willing to, you know, had an extra TV, you pretty much grab a cable, hook them both up. Have your Xbox, have their copy, and pretty much play LAN parties against each other. Mm -hmm. And much hooked up, like, you know, Xbox, Xbox through the Ethernet port. Because they were one of the first systems that have an Ethernet port. Uh, system being, Link. System Link, basically. And you got to play, you know, you got to do, like, um, four on four, or two on two, or three on three. And I remember back in the day, we used to go to our friend's house, our neighbors, you know, they would live a house away from us. Play for hours. Eight Play on, for four hours. On four, just four on four. Games, everything, switching it up. Um, get so many new players. And it just got better from there. And even, yeah, it, even for how many things you can do on the Halo, like multiplayer, that made it super big. Um, that too, It had a great campaign, but I think uh, multiplayer was a big thing that helped Halo even evolve with that. Just so many things you can do. And if you had friends that had another Xbox and you're able to get that HDMI, like the Connect cord, and, the Ethernet cord, and yeah. TVs, like at that time, dude, like it was, it was such a basic setup. It was still. It was 2001, so the yeah, big CRT TVs, man. It's still expensive. Yeah, it does times expensive, but like if you were fortunate enough to have it and your friends had it, it was great. It was such a great game, but uh, I mean, I think Halo. We came into it more harder with Halo Two because um, it was only better. Because we didn't get Halo until later on. Yeah, um, so we barely got laid into it. it uh, but it was fucking phenomenal. It was, it was phenomenal when it came out. I mean, not 
I have the Master Chief uh, collection, so I get to play it when they remaster it. But I sometimes just go back to the old way how it looked, just because nostalgic. But so I think what the remaster has like the you can play like the original. Yeah, you look. can you can play either the way it looked or uh, the way it looked with the remastered uh, graphics, uh, and. I sometimes put it the old way because I, I like to reminisce sometimes, but that the way it looks is pretty good, uh, or just how it plays, it's just like nice. Obviously, if you play the other ones as it comes out, then you see the how much improvements they've made to the game. But sometimes, like the way it first played, it's like it plays fine. It's just like playing Super Mario again. It's just like a familiar. It's like getting back on the bike. You're just like ah, okay, this feels nice. It's like it's like ah, I, I like I remember this feeling. And Halo, uh, it was, fuck, dude, it was everywhere. It was such a big game. Like, it was, like, fuck, nobody was talking about Doom anymore. Nobody was talking about Duke Nukem. Uh, and first-person shooters are big. Like, Counter-Strike was, was gaining a lot of popularity, but that was on PC. So, like, it was, it didn't release on Xbox until a little, a little couple of years after it was launched. So, you know, we, for it being the first person shooter to launch on a Microsoft system and that didn't launch on a PlayStation with the likes of other games. Did they? Like Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor, Honor yeah. Really and then they had Call of Duty released on there too. Um, Tom Clancy, those always play third person. So now... Uh, Ghost Recon, like, yeah. Oh yeah, Ghost Recon. But Halo, like it was always going to be something, like it was for a new property. Yeah, for a property at that, and that's like Microsoft's property. And I was like, they're, they, I actually never expected that was going to blow up and it's become a big, you know... No matter what year, people always playing Halo. Like, yeah, we're not matter... waiting for Halo Infinite. So that's the next one. And then, of course, now they're going to do a Halo series, you know, a Halo television series, finally, after so many years in development. Hell, I remember they did the, oh, that one Halo film. They, that was like that short film they did that was a precursor to Halo 4, oh, yeah, 4 Until cool. Dawn. That was, cool. so was kind of cool. And they had, like, Master Chief for a little bit in there. So he came out a little bit in there himself. And, you know, it was kind of cool. But, you know, like I said, this was a series, and then Halo Legends was like an anime, like a compilation of different stories set in the Halo universe, but inspired by different Japanese studios, which is, and what I liked about it too was, it showed, one of them was based off like, um, one of the novels where, you know, Master Chief, mm-hmm. in his early stage, before he became the chief, led a squad on a mission. Mm-hmm. So I had most of, like I said, Halo to me, I was a big Halo fan, honestly, you know, I, you know, even though I'm PlayStation now, I, my heart still, I still have my heart, my, I still got my heart on my sleeve when it comes to Halo, so that's the series that, you know, I wish that was on PS4, but unfortunately, it's for Xbox only. Yeah, and I mean, All right. it's really good. Okay, well, that's it for the top 25 Xbox exclusive games. Um, uh, like I said, next week we'll do, we'll tackle the PlayStation exclusives. And that's going to cover pretty much PlayStation 1 up to PlayStation 4, which I have more PlayStation 4 experience, so... Yeah. Um, like I said, we're going to... Like, right now, it's like, there's not much going on with the news, though, so we'll try to do, like, a lot, a lot of Top 25. Um, before we wrap up, Biko, do you have anything on Reddit today to report? Any big topics? Um, I mean, other than if you're into politics... Uh, Bernie Sanders has announced the suspension of his race in the presidential election for 2020. And the subreddits are are nuts. Uh, they're going nuts. Very, 
a lot of conflicting opinions and a lot of different perspectives on the matter, but a lot of it's very consensus-based in a sense that like a lot of people are feeling defeated, and I understand. Uh, when it comes to politics, I'm very I like to laugh at a lot of things because um, life is very weird. But uh, not a lot of crazy news. It was just more or less like a lot of people passing away. Yeah. Uh, just. Uh, People going, still trying to find the best measure to deal with Corona, but Bernie Sanders dropping out this morning was something very... Uh, it's been hurting a lot of people on the political mind, uh, considering that our country is going through some weird times, uh, been going through some weird times, as of always, and who knows. And so, if wherever your leanings are, I, I just saw a lot of like crazy stuff getting thrown in the subreddits and the comments sections of things and reading articles saying what's what's America going to be and uh, it's like well we don't know what the world's going to be dealing with this so I mean all people can think about is to talk about the future because that's all we can do because we can't we don't want to focus on the present because we can't do much but at the end of the day I, I don't know who knows how everything's going to draw out but it's just a lot of like Trump 2020 <laughs> or uh it's just uh, just a lot of like oh fuck Biden or a lot it's like they're all cr- like I don't know like they I no I don't know so it, it's just a lot of like I didn't find a lot of like, happy news I saw a lot of animal videos but like, <laughs> like no, yeah no, they just been yeah. sent, they just been letting a lot of animals walk through different museums and shit yeah. walk through to see the other animals that are still locked up behind cages and she was like what was the difference so there's only one animal that gets to walk around the park see all the other animals that could probably want to eat him and like they walk around yeah it's like, like that penguin that was yeah like, like i saw that like, they, they let a couple hedgehogs run around the a fucking uh some some uh and some zoo out in like connecticut or some show i'm just like okay i get it but it's cute it's nice to see but i'm just like oh so you're selling one caged animal around the park to see all their other caged animals that A, either don't know what that is, or B, suffering, and C, like, probably want to eat it. So it's just like, what the fuck? But nonetheless, like, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't have a lot of... Um, I know, um, Resident Evil reviews. 3 Remake came out this yeah, past weekend, so so far a lot of people reviews. are streaming right now. I've yeah. been watching the YouTuber good. John Wolf playing. He's put two parts of it, the playthrough right now. And he's kind of cool because he's playing um, Resident Evil 3, but he's got uh, Jill Valentine wearing her... Ri- so I guess um, Capcom has the original suit from Resident Evil 3. So he's got her playing with the original outfit. I think Markiplier's doing it as well. And of course, Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out this Friday, guys. Um, right now, I'm going to hold off on it because it's not a complete game. If people don't realize, Final Fantasy Remake, it's kind of hard because they pretty much... Pretty much covers the whole Midgar um, part of the story. Because honestly, when they, they decided to remake the game, they added a lot of stuff into it. It, it took years of development, but now they released the first part. It, to me, it's like, okay, they released one part. I mean, I don't know if this is going to be part one. And they're going to release part two. I don't know if, it, if you buy this one, does it, you know, punch your ticket to part two. Now you got to buy another part two to it. Or are they going to add the second part as DLC? We don't know. All we know is, I played the demo. I liked it. Because it has, you can play like the turn-based style, the classic style. So, and what I like about it, you get to switch between the two characters. And like the gameplay is kind of similar to almost like Kingdom Hearts almost when it comes to that style of gameplay. Mm-hmm. But it has that whole Final Fantasy set. It looks fantastic. I mean, graphics-wise, it looks fantastic. But 
If you guys want to play it, definitely recommend it. Right now, I'm playing Persona 5 Royale right now. I just started again because I kept screwing up. I'm trying to follow this like walkthrough that was provided by thegamer.com where they pretty much gave you like an efficient, efficient schedule to try to rank up your characters and try to get the confidence all ranked up so you could play the additional DLC that was included. But Persona 5 Royale is not bad. It's cool. Gameplay features. They added the grappling hook. Um, the palaces got revamped a little bit to uh, take advantage of the grappling hook. Um, there's new treasures to look for. There's a new character named Kasumi. You get to meet her. She's a first year. Um, you get to interact with her a few times, but apparently you won't get to play with her until the very end. Like I said, I'm doing it. I kept messing up the first two tests. This is my third attempt to try to play it all the way through. Right now, I just did the first month of April in Persona Five. I'm gonna, I already finished the first palace. I'm going to try to conquer the next palace. I'm going to try to, each day, try to get as far, like, try to complete at least a palace a, a day or something. Because it's a lot of stories, so it's a lot of hours. And like I said, and based on the schedule that the gamer.com provides, I'm able to be able to take part of the, uh, the side activities. And I know they try to expand the activities you can do outside of invading palaces. But it's a fun series. Definitely recommend Persona 5 Royale. If you haven't played the original Persona 5, I have the original Persona 5, but I had to buy Royale because it kind of revamped the gameplay and kind of retweaked the, the look and everything. So definitely um, definitely recommend that right now if you've got a PlayStation 4. Um, Biko, do you have any, any video games you're playing right now before uh, I wrap up? I just bought Halo 2 Wars, or Halo Wars 2, um, which is a fun strategy game like Civilization or just like uh, StarCraft and things like that. I've been playing with an old friend of mine. Uh, that's stuck in quarantine too. Going to school and working. You can play Halo War Twos together, or yeah, how's... it's online. Yeah, you could do skirmishes, uh, co-op uh, for the campaign, or you oh, can just do cool. online matches to multiplayer, up to three versus three battles. But that's fun. Just like building forts, sending out different waves of troops and army shit. It's like war games, so it's it's like that sort of strategy type of deals. Um, keeps my mind creative. Um, flushing my mind with other work shit but uh i've just been playing that and nba 2k20 when i just don't want to deal with shit or if i'm listening to a podcast and playing a game uh i'll play nba so i don't have to listen to anything specific because uh, commentators in those game sports games annoy me but uh <laughs> other than that, no, i've just been playing that and haven't played anything new looking just gonna wait until the spring sale hits Alright All right, guys, um, that's all we got for you guys today. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Um, you can check us out at anchor.fm slash talkingpop. Um, we're also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, we've got a store online. It's, called te- it's on teespring.com slash store slash talkingpop. we got t-shirts. Pretty much we got merch. Support the podcast. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at TheFanchise85. Um, you can go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash TalkingPop. We'll post links to the episodes. Uh, if you have any questions or any suggestions for future episodes, you can chime on there. Like I said, I want to thank our buddy Grady for pretty much um, giving us suggestions for what to do for the top 25. This was his like selections for us. He gave us pretty much top Xbox exclusives, so we're going to conquer and tackle top 25 PlayStation exclusives. So... We'll see that because, like I said, we're going to go through like PlayStation 1 all the way through PlayStation 4. So we have to tackle and see what PlayStation exclusives were and if we ever had any experience. Like I said, we're doing it based on experience or if you ever played a demo for it or we played at somebody else's house. 
Yeah, we so. don't want to just talk all over our ass. <laughs> so, like I said, make sure to stay safe. Make sure to wash your hands. As always, geek on and take care.